Hey folks, this is Jesse. And this is Shelby. You're listening to Spew. We're sweaty princesses enamored with wrestling. We sure are. We really are. <laughs> Uh, for anyone out there who is tired of listening to Spew and want to listen to a way worse podcast, I was on a recent episode of Don't Watch This Podcast. Uh, I think we mentioned that I was going to be on it last time when we had our guest, Cody Wheeler, uh, but I was able to go and be on their podcast, and I think it was actually mildly funny. It was pretty funny, but because you were there. Mostly because of me. <laughs> I carried those guys, really. You uh, really did. You spilled <laughs> them on a lot, too. I did. I did. I was using a lot of deadpan humor for everything they said. I was just like, okay. And what? They, they They're like, what? <laughs> Every time they said my name, I was like, what? <laughs> like, what? And I thought that was humorous. And it they, was really humorous. I think they were getting irritated with me, so it was pretty great. I think that you're, they're going to get a lot of a lot of listeners now. We Probably. just boosted them. Probably. So check it out, though. Listen uh, to that podcast. Listen to some other old episodes if you are so inclined. Uh, we want to do a quick shout out to our new Patreon contributor, Tyler Wintringham, friend of What's mine. Up, Tyler? Yay! Thank you, Tyler, for contributing. You get to, at your $5 contribution level, tell us something to talk about on the podcast. So shoot us an email or a Facebook message or just text me, baby, and uh, we'll talk about that. And have you gotten anybody telling us what to talk about yet? No, everyone's keeping a secret. Cody told us last week what he wanted, and then he said he wanted to change his mind. So people are indecisive. But at well, least they're giving us their money, and that's all. You're that paying matters. for it. As long as we get that money, if I don't you don't care. need it, that's up to you. That's fine. But you pay for it. Uh, so because we re- met our first goal though on Patreon, we did faster than I thought we would. So much faster. We will be launching very very shortly our brand new handy dandy website. Handy dandy website brought to you by Lee. That's our theme song now. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so I am watching Glow. Glow, the gorgeous ladies of I should, wrestling. Yes, I should actually rephrase that. I watched it. You, I devoured it. You watched it all in a ten episodes like already. It was amazing. Nice. You haven't watched it yet, right? I haven't watched it, but I read about it in preparation for this episode because I I've known that Glow is a thing that exists because my roommate is a huge oh, loser, huge loser who watches wrestling. Did Did he watch this show? No, he hasn't watched it yet, but he's gonna. That's um, so a little bit of history for those who don't know about glow it was founded in 1986 by a dude of course Mm -hmm. and uh david mclean but good job david uh he was a wrestling announcer and a promoter who had the idea thinking that it would draw money and crowds and it did right right. so netflix has produced this original series glow uh starring allison brie who you may know from community and mad men and it's created by liz flahive and carly minch who are but they worked on a few different th- things, like Nurse Jackie and Weeds and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure it was also produced by the same chick who did Orange is the New Black. I think Joe so, Jinji, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think she had a hand in it, too. Yeah, so. and I know that she wrote a couple of the episodes. Each episode is written by a new director. That's awesome. But it's fucking amazing. Tell me everything. Okay, so... Okay, okay, where do I start? First of all, it's set in the 80s, and for the first time ever, they actually get 80s attire right and, like, the makeup right. It's not, like, that fancy 80s, kind mm-hmm. of like um, like Adventureland was, where okay. you can't really tell. Right. So they look like shit is basically what I'm saying. (laughs) The hair is pretty terrible, but it's delicious for anyone who likes 80s aesthetic. Um, And it's very, very real. It's the realest show I've ever seen with primarily almost entirely women. And then Mark Bannon makes, he's like a a starring role. Mark Maron. Maron. There you go, mispronouncing (laughs) names. 
Mark every Marin, time, Mark every Marin, time. Who's a who's a podcaster <laughs> and comedian and all that jazz. So he um, he plays like the the director that's assigned to it, and he's really reluctant at first, and then he starts to turn it into something more. Because Glow, the actual Glow from the '80s, was known for its over dramatized um, and like almost pointless stories. Its costumes. It was also incredibly problematic because there was wrestlers named like the Spanish Fly. Well, uh, that's wrestling in general, though. It would be right. kind of weird if suddenly the women were like right know, sensitive so one of the things about glow as far as in the 80s that a lot of people don't know is they were not wrestlers at all they showed up for a casting call they were like struggling starving you know models and actresses and they were told like hey get in the ring and see what you can do see nice. if you can impress us and they really emphasize that on the show um and they also emphasize on the problematic humor but it's done in a way where it's like it's they uh, they point it out that it's problematic. Right. So like they have um, like a black wrestler that wants to be like this powerful character, um, and they end up calling her the welfare queen. And like every bit that she has in the ring is fucking hilarious. But then it shows afterwards where she's talking to the director, and she's like, "This is really shitty." So her and the other black females end up doing something that's really cool towards the end. I won't awesome. spoil it for you, but um, yeah, having comedic roles for females that's this is the, this hit the mark for me. Like yeah. I've never seen such a funny show done by women. Everyone I is amazing. In it. I've read nothing but positive things, so I'm really so excited to jump into yeah. it. I and it's, it's real. Awesome. Like, it gets you in the feels. It's really good. It's really real. So real. That's awesome. And rhinestones and all that stuff that comes with the 80s. It's great. I think that uh, if we can salvage one thing from the 80s, it should be more rhinestones. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know when we stop that. In some places we have, and I'm sure in Texas we haven't. No, we, we still There's have it still going on pretty good in Texas. Nope. <laughs> do you know that you can rhinestone your vagina? I'm, I know that because I do it. Oh, you started it. I started that trend. Oh, I totally believe it. You Texan. I know. I know that you rhinestone your butthole, which is really awesome. You weren't supposed to say that on air. Oh, sorry. I showed you up close and personal in real time just because you're my friend. I know. Lee, edit that out, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, this past week is the 20th anniversary of Harry Potter. And that's why if you've been on Facebook at all for the last week, you've noticed people just randomly typing Harry, Harry Potter, Potter phrases and or shit. Or Hogwarts or Gryffindor or Slytherin. Because yeah. <laughs> if you click on it, it makes a little wand thing. It's cute. And a noise. It's cute. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So 20 years ago this week, uh, the Sorcerer's Stone was first released mm -hmm. after J.K. Rowling had submitted it to publisher after publisher and been rejected time and time again. After writing it on a coffee napkin in right. a coffee store. After Living, essentially homeless after living on welfare yeah. and having to raise her kids all by a just amazing story jk rowling uh her own life and then bringing us this amazing yep. story she's a hero so there's a lot to celebrate this week um and i wanted to talk a little bit about just sort of the impact that harry potter has had on us and on the world mm -hmm. so on us obviously harry potter is part of what brought us together Sure. It's, it was the nerd element that we had in common. Yeah, it's, and it's, technically it's our, our name unifying is, uh, element yeah. is what it is. And our, our name it was inspired by SPEW, yep. uh, which is the Society for the Protection of Elfish Welfare. Not Warfare. Not Warfare. <laughs> <laughs> I always almost say Warfare. Yeah. Uh, which whenever we sat down to think about this podcast, we were trying to think of a name. And you kind of tasked me with, like, come up with a name. because I thought uh, we threw a bunch of them out, but none of them sounded right. I bet I could stuck. go all the way back and find some that of text the message shitty exchange. ones that we thought of. <laughs> 
<laughs> so this was what we came up with. And what we decided was that way, uh, if we could still be spew, but not be a podcast about Harry Potter was we changed what the acronym stands for every week. And that's the title of every episode. I think it's a pretty clever idea. Definitely. So, you know, Harry Potter is partly to blame for why you're listening to spew right now. So even if you're not a fan of Harry Potter, thank you, Harry Potter, for making spew a little bit possible. And J.K. Rowling, of course. <laughs> and J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. Um, another one way that, that I think is probably the, the most profound impact that Harry Potter has had on the world, though, is is encouraging kids to read. Sure. Which that's been talked about, I think, you know, since Harry Potter first came out and there were a lot of naysayers who were like, oh, a kid's book is popular even if people aren't kids, blah, blah, blah. Right. But, but Harry Potter reinvigorated reading as a popular pastime amongst a certain generation. I don't think anything has compared to it since then. No. Maybe stuff before, if you're talking like back to Lord of the Rings and things that people But even that was read, but... kind of niche. Like once the 80s, took mm-hmm. over and kids were into video games and they could right. get DVD, you know, VHSs and then later on mm-hmm. DVDs. Like kids were very consumed by other forms of media and it sure. wasn't so much about books anymore. Mm-hmm. And Goosebumps was still a thing. So there was like, you know, a niche thing there, but it was still very much so screen oriented. And Harry Potter really uh, did a lot she to reinvigorate took, that. Absolutely. She also took, um, you know, she basically founded modern fantasy in my opinion too when you really look at it yeah all the hunger games and all that i can thank harry potter for paving the way absolutely it made it okay to put wizards in modern day like modern london or Mm -hmm. early 90s is when it was set yeah Absolutely. Um, abs- yeah, I don't think anything compares to us since then, for I sure. I did see on Facebook um, a friend of the podcast and, and uh, two-time guest, uh, Jennifer Lumbly. Uh, Lumbly! Hey, Jennifer. Um, she said on Facebook that that's what got her into reading as a kid, that before Harry Potter, she said, I don't like reading. I don't like mm-hmm. to read. And she didn't read for fun. And Jennifer fucking writes comic books now. Yeah, that's awesome. a good point. She's the readingest damn right. bitch I know. Go yep. get it, Jennifer. So, I mean, <laughs> and, and that's amazing. A lot of kids can probably say that same story. I, I liked reading before Harry Harry Potter, but uh, I didn't. I wasn't in love with anything the way that I fell in love I with can't Harry Potter. Rem- I know I read a lot, and that's why, even though I was really young, whenever the first book came out, my mom gave it to me, and like I read it. Actually, I jumped on board on like a, like book four mm-hmm. um, or three, but I read a lot. I don't remember what I was reading before Harry Potter though, because yeah. it just fucking changed my life. It this does was the game so changer. Much right, absolutely. Um, and you pointed out that um, there was a study in 2014 that found that people who read or children who read Harry Potter it improved their empathy. Right. So the study was actually yeah. it was very scientific. It was uh, you know actual scientific study and what they would do is they would read excerpts from Harry Potter that had to do with like people being different mm-hmm. or people being treated badly like when Draco calls Hermione a mudblood mm-hmm. they would read the kids that segment and then there was another group of kids where they would read just you know segments that had nothing to do mm-hmm. with anything like that like here's Hagrid you know tending to his animals and right. then they compared uh, how the kids answered certain questions about like now you know how do you feel about you know kids that are a different color than you or how do you feel about mm-hmm. kids who are from a different place than you and like it, it, they were able to measure that it improved kids' ability to so feel girls, empathy. It's a to- and boys, it's totally mm-hmm. fair whenever you go on a blind date to make that the first question you ask them: Do right. you read Harry Potter or right. do you not? Because I, it's gonna it's gonna say bound like leaps and bounds about the personality. I genuinely believe that. I agree, and I I see people a lot of time belittling Harry Potter, and they'll say things like, you know, date a girl that reads, but if her favorite book is Harry Potter, you know, don't date her. Like fuck you, Harry Potter is. is not only does it make people good people, it also makes them kinky as fuck. Because as we have pointed out before, there's some. <laughs> really weird Harry Potter fanfic out there because all the Harry Potter fans grew up to be perverts. Y'all some freaks, okay? Y'all some freaks. Looking at you, Tumblr. So, Shelbs, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you took away from Harry Potter? I had an answer and then you brought up empathy and or I brought it up, but you were the one who, you know, who originally brought it up and I'm thinking about that and... uh, I don't know. 
if there's so many adult themes in that series of books mm -hmm. and she does it in such a way that it's it's comprehensible by children right and now i'm like really kind of getting emotional thinking about it because like i cared about the deaths of those characters like before anyone in my family died right and i wonder that i you know that i was close with and i wonder if i had not done that how would i have handled it later um but totally off subject my answer for that question <laughs> which still stands true is that everybody serves a purpose mm -hmm. so you know whenever they went to kick trelawney out of the school because you know it was being taken over by fucking shitty government you know the ministry of magic um she was like essentially purposeless if anything a nuisance through the whole series and then you find out she had this major purpose right and by the last book which we all kind of agree and talk among ourselves wasn't the best and didn't end maybe the way we necessarily wanted it to mm -hmm. you find out all these little niche characters throughout the entire series had huge purposes right um and that was just brilliantly done and yeah. do not discard anybody you know because you don't know if they're the ones who know the secrets of the prophecy or not you know but put in obviously layman's turns right but you don't you don't know who out there might have been the chosen one it's true you it's me, know. but that's, yeah. <laughs> it ain't me. Um, you ain't chosen for shit. I ain't chosen for nothing. What about you, though? What would be what would be the lesson you brought from Harry Potter? Um, Harry Potter, I can honestly say, is my inspiration to be brave in everything that I do. Anytime that I have felt scared or inadequate mm -hmm. or like I like something was just too big for me to handle, like not exaggerating i will literally think about how harry potter faced down a horde of dementors mm -hmm. or you know how harry potter fought voldemort and i know those aren't real things that happen like i get that but you know stories are inspiration stories right. give you a model for what you can do and i'm like right. harry was scared and he did those things anyway and for yeah. harry it wasn't just like for his own purposes of right. trying to find out what happened with his parents and blah 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 and like it was because he cared about everyone right like he definitely did it for the greater good because he's a fucking gryffindor all the times that harry potter tried to go and do something on his own because he loved his friends so mm -hmm. much he didn't want them to die for him i'm like that's fucking brave as Absolutely. shit yep. i love harry potter yeah i do too all right want to switch gears a little bit here and talk about a new movie that's coming oh, up switch gears switch gears uh, 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 pun, baby driver pun baby driver this movie i honestly just heard about it like today which i, know, I, know I told it, you about it it's a big it deal fucking amazing i watched it? the trailer and i was yeah. like salivating because yeah. I, I love a good car chase girl oh, so I. girl i love a good car chase every now and then i don't know about you most of the time i don't know about you but then you say something like you like <laughs> a good car chase and i'm like she all right that's why jesse all that's right why I like her. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie is directed by edgar wright who is known for Shaun of the dead scott pilgrim and hot fun so he's got like a real good string of like a comedy comedy that niche comedy and we're now he's niche a lot today. now yeah we're saying niche is the theme of the day it is but now he's doing this action film with fucking ansel what's his name elgort elgort who elgort. is the last dude i would think would be the star of an action film is he the main person he looks like I a play-doh replica of a human being he's like cutie. he's cute but in a play-doh replica kind of way more i would never have has, thought right more importantly it has john ham and um and uh jamie fox yes and one of my all-time favorite actors kevin spacey it's got an all-star cast of dudes and yes. some unknown ladies but still looks really good right Kevin Spacey, any movie where he gets to be a snarky, kind of like soft-spoken bad guy, yes. I just want to fuck it. Oh, I, I just crave. I, I love it. Love it. He's There's so hot. No CGI or green screen used in any that. of the car chases. This is all practical driving skills. That's awesome. Super excited about that. It's got a 98% so far on Rotten Tomatoes. There are Good. 30 fucking songs on the soundtrack, which plays mm -hmm. a huge role. The soundtrack's almost a character yeah. in this movie. Yep. So I'm really excited about it. My understanding it. is the whole story unfolds around the soundtrack. 
contract for a particular reason. Pretty much. So cool. Two cool things about this. Um, there is so the main character, from what I can tell, uh, he is someone who was in an accident of some sort as a child, has brain trauma from that, uh, and he has something called tinnitus, which is where you hear like a droning sound or a high pitched noise almost constantly. Mm-hmm. So uh, from from what I can gather, he listens to music to drown that out. Uh, and he was described by one reviewer as being borderline autistic. So apparently I he's kind of get that I, from the trailer. I kind of yeah. got that vibe. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know if they come out and say this is someone with autism or something or with Asperger's, but they It'd be great that, if they did. It would be cool. Now, and second cool thing about it is there is a deaf actor who plays a deaf character in the movie. Yes. CJ Jones. I love that. I know from uh, a deaf documentary that oh, I really? had to watch for school. So he's really cool. It's, it's called uh, See What I'm Saying or yeah. something like that. We, it's could, really cool. we could go on and on and on as on we have on. in the past about about the importance of giving people roles that are represented by the actual people right. like give trans women trans women roles right. give you know freaking um deaf people deaf roles yeah. like that's really important exactly. absolutely they need they need to work too they need to make that money and they're gonna play the role way better than someone so who's we're faking definitely it. gonna go see that together right <laughs> i'm so excited do you want to go on a date do you go? no you not with you date with no me? lee has to go with me and then lee has to go the next night with you okay and then he has to tell me who he had more fun with <laughs> which will be me 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 lee and i both drink beer Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) The alcoholics unite. All right. All right. Um, I want to talk a little bit, too, about some a local news story. This one's a, a little bit more serious. Yeah, it's a, a little lo- shitty. A lot more serious. But important. Kind of a downer. But I think it's important that we talk about this because it's, uh, you know, our podcast is about nerd stuff mm. and our podcast is about feminism. And this, and this oh, falls into the second yes. category. Um, so I'm a Cape Coral resident. Um, I uh, am represented. My mayor is Marnie Salwecki. And mm-hmm. I've always liked Marnie. I've seen her at different events, pride events. Uh, she was out mm-hmm. for the the Pulse Memorial. She seems she's a Democrat. I like Democrats. You know, she seems pretty engaged in the community. But she's not a very popular mayor for a few different reasons mm-hmm. in Cape Coral. Partly because um, she gets into some beefs with council people. She has a people. reputation for being a bit hot headed. Yes. She does have that reputation. She has some other reputations about her personal life, which I don't give a fuck about. Right. Um, but some people don't like her for those reasons. But mm-hmm. she was in the news recently. Actually, last Sunday, there was a news story in our local news about um, her ex-husband being arrested for assault. And all we read was that he had beat up a woman in a hotel room. And then the next day it was released that the woman was Mayor Sawaki. Uh, so he, the the whole timeline of this event is kind of crazy, but primarily what I wanted to, to highlight was the public response to the story has been appalling and, and horrifying because she's not a popular politician in the area. She's not mm-hmm. liked. And I guess a lot of people wanted to project that onto the situation and go ahead and project their general disgust with victims of intimate partner violence. And they also wanted any excuse to call a female politician unable to deal with like right. real life problems yes. because she had a real life. Right. So fuck whatever Trump does and however many wives <laughs> he's had and how many accusations and whatnot. But if a female politician goes through something, it's, it's standard. People on both sides of the aisle are going to be like, she can't handle it. Right. She's, you know, and that's so much what I saw. It was if she can't oh, manage absolutely. her personal life, how can she manage the city? And these fucking people already didn't like her. So yeah. fuck you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. First of all. So to give a little bit of a history, sort of a timeline of events here. So mm-hmm. Marnie was elected in 2013. Um, so she's been mayor for several years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I voted for her in 2013. Um, she, um, 
she was dating a city employee who I think I think was a fireman or on the fireman council, something like yeah. that. Uh, and that came to light in 2016 um, that, that they were dating. And then she pretty pretty quickly after that, that became public knowledge, she filed a restraining order against him, mm-hmm. which leads us to believe that this history of violence started, you know, early on then. in the relationship, Correct. or at least she was afraid of him enough to file a restraining order. Um, five weeks after she filed the restraining order, they got married. And mm-hmm. this is where people started to turn against her was they were like, oh, so you're going to marry someone that you just filed a restraining order against. You're clearly a mess. Like, yeah. as opposed to understanding that with intimate partner violence, with these sort of abusive relationships, the cycle of violence is they fuck up. They apologize profusely. They promise they're going to love you forever and they'll never do it again. And you forgive them because you love them. That's just what happens in abusive relationships. Right. Two months after they got married, they got divorced. So right. clearly, whatever it was that made Did her... Did not stop with didn't marriage, stop, as didn't it stop. often does not. He probably promised Remember that he that. would be nice. And then, yeah. you know, so... Um, a couple months later in December of 2016, there was the police called to her house for a domestic disturbance. Mm-hmm. So even though she divorced him, tried to get out of the relationship, he clearly was at her house he was at her house. It wasn't something. done. Nothing right. was nothing was resolved. She put out a statement at the time saying, this is my private life. Please stay out of my private life, which is right. fair. Yeah. It's a fair thing to ask. Not every aspect of a public official's life is for your entertainment and consumption and judgment. Absolutely. So she started losing favor about that. Um, and then she sort of started getting to these heated sort of public arguments with d- different council members. She stormed out of a meeting. By that point, like everyone was opposed to Marnie. I started sending her emails at this point because really? I was I was just letting her know. I was like, girl, I am Get so your sorry. Shit together. No, I was saying oh. I was saying I'm sorry that everyone's being a dick to you. Like I was like, I think you're doing a perfectly fine job. And you know what? Sometimes meetings are stupid and you want to walk out. I get that. Right. But also considering now what we know about her relationship. It makes sense that right, there's only so much for any person yeah. that it can that it does before it doesn't start to bleed over into your performance exactly, and whatnot. Exactly, exactly. So then that leads us out, to now. Right. That leads us to now. Turns out her ex husband, who clearly is still involved in her life, still has some exertion of control over her life beats the shit out of her in a hotel in Miami. Mm -hmm. And the public response was, what was she doing with some guy? You know, clearly he was a bad guy. She divorced him and filed a restraining order. Why would she even let him in the room? Assuming that she let him in willingly. Assuming that he didn't do that thing that abusers do where they apologize profusely and promise they'll change. Everything on this timeline, when you put it down and you really look at it, it is completely 100% exactly what happens in most domestic abuse or in most um, violent relationships and and abuse victims. It doesn't matter how fucking, you know, powerful you are. It doesn't matter. I'm assuming she makes significantly more money than he does. It has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with that. It has to do with the trend that starts on early. This is why it's so important to be on the alert for these early signs of somebody being controlling, Right. you know, and we, we are conditioned as females to think, well, he cares about me if he's controlling or, you know, he tells me not to hang out with certain people. He, he, he just wants to make sure I'm safe. And Mm -hmm. these things start very minor and we're told to not overlook them. And if you do point them out early on, you're a shrewd or a bitch or what have you. Right. And it's really, so, it is very important to talk about those early signs. Uh, think, things like saying, I don't like your friends. I don't want you to spend so much time with Those are the them. earliest signs, right. Things like mm-hmm. being jealous of every person that you talk to or yep. spend time with or yep. being suspicious of everyone, even if you've never cheated or yeah. had any reason. Those are signs of a controlling partner and controlling partner is a sign of an eventual abuse situation, whether it's, 
emotional, mm-hmm. verbal, or physical abuse. So recognizing those things and being able to, you know, know whenever you're in trouble or when mm-hmm. a friend of yours is in trouble is really important. Absolutely. And I mean, and if the if the situation was, you know, reversed, like it is for many male politicians where they're caught doing fucked up things Mm -hmm. whether to their loved ones wives or other people uh, it's in the news for like a day and then it goes away and it does not ruin their political career right so i don't know anything about her stances on stuff besides the fact that she's very pro lgbtq Mm -hmm. because if you look for her anything about her information on her all you get is her personal life shit yes like literally today i googled her and i found her a profile that someone had written for her on a website called like homebreak homewreckers.com oh i did too on the first page of google results i'm like really apparently something happened with somebody else that was married i don't know i yeah. read it for a second and i was like this is trash and this it's is am- bullshit it's amazing when you think about like cape coral over the past past five six years how much cape coral has grown how much business has flourished she's definitely in cape coral. pro like, new crowds coming in and yeah, building cool ass shit pro tourism yeah. she's pro doing things to get cape coral on the map mm-hmm. uh and yet people hate her because you know of stupid shit i so. know that in her last um in her last statement that i saw on the news which was just a couple days ago was that she's owning her shit she knows that you know mistakes may have been made but mm-hmm. this has absolutely nothing to do with her ability to perform as a politician right. and, and she's I already absolutely... said that she's not going to be pursuing another term so right. this is her last term as mayor but she's... i don't fucking blame her i don't either the way she's treated i wouldn't fucking want i don't run know how, city. how how good politicians do it because i, all, I mean nowadays there's no fucking there's you no can't, thank you you there's can't no... win with people no absolutely matter what not. it is you do they're going to pick it apart that was and... a whole running theme on parks and rec for a long time you know so the cdc has statistics on intimate partner violence uh, that I wanted to talk about too, because it's, it's, you know, you hear these statistics and you just think, okay, whatever. But in the light of someone who is someone who has money, someone who has means, someone mm-hmm. who is a powerful enough person to be elected to be mayor of a city, even people like that can be the victim of intimate partner violence. Uh, one in four women and one in nine men experience int- intimate partner violence, whether that is mm-hmm. uh, sexual assault or physical assault. Um, that's a crazy amount of people. Yeah. Uh, there, are th- there. Are, I can think of probably at least three of my close personal friends who I know have experienced that. I think most of my close personal friends yeah. have experienced it yeah. more than I have. I've been very fortunate right. to not have gone through that. Same. Right. Same. So I got a lot of women. It's insane. You know, one in four women, which is the same statistic that I just cited, and one in seven men describe their experience with inter- intimate partner violence as severe. So not just like shoving, shoving, or something like that, which like is horrible, beatings. but like right. actual like punching mm-hmm. or sexual assault. Um, so for anyone who is listening or who knows someone who might need a resource for how you can how you can intervene in a situation like this, we have a great great uh, provider here in Southwest Florida um, called ACT, which stands for Abuse Counseling Treatment Center. And they provide free counseling for anybody who's experienced sexual assault or uh, been a victim of intimate partner Mm -hmm. violence at any point. If it was 20 years ago and you're out of the relationship and you're still struggling Uh with trusting people or anything like that, go to ACT. They can help you. They're fantastic. Their whole goal is to help you safely navigate your Mm -hmm. situation. So it's not like you call them and they're going to be like, go get into a shelter now. They're they're going to work with you. They understand that it doesn't always work out that way. You don't there's always a lot about, get to leave. Right. There's a lot about, I, I'm astounded that, you know, information that you and I know, like the like the back of our hands, a lot mm-hmm. of people clearly, based on the commentary on a lot of the stuff the commentary having to do with Nar- Barney, people do not know. People don't know. Shit about domestic abuse or how it works, the psychology behind abuse. No. It's it's scary It's super me. scary. And it's no wonder that so many people don't open up. Report and, and it. Don't, and don't leave. Yep. Because all the comments that I saw online were... 
wow, she deserves this because she didn't leave the first time she got hit. Right. It was it mm-hmm. was some variation on that theme, which is just horrifying. And no, yeah. no, you don't deserve it. No one deserves this. Absolutely. Crazy. Absolutely. Crazy. So anyway, we wanted to do a little shout out to ACT, who is awesome. Uh, make sure that you take advantage of their services if you can. Mm-hmm. If you don't need their services, donate. Absolutely. Because they can always use supplies They have a really great money. gift store, too, downtown. And they have a thrift store. That's awesome. Also. Uh, yep. So yeah, support them. They do have a great mission. So to end on a slightly lighter note. Let's do something positive for a minute. Positive because it's hilarious. Let's make people laugh. Trump. Trump. President Trump. President (laughs) Donald J. Trump. Who is the fakest motherfucker I've ever experienced. Uh, It was was revealed today by, I think, the Washington Post uh, that uh, up until today. They're fake news. Fake news. Up until today, Trump has had in no less than five of his properties, no less than five of his, I guess, hotels. Hotels and golf uh, and golf coaches from from Miami to Scotland. Yeah. Have had this framed copy of a Times magazine cover featuring Donald Trump. And it says Apprentice is best selling or something. Yeah, it's like Apprentice is the best show ever. It has like double exclamation marks and it's fake as shit. It's a fake cover that you can get at like Universal Studios. Yeah, (laughs) I could Photoshop one of us. You can Photoshop a way better one. I might do that for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So he had this hanging in several of his properties um, up until today when uh, a reporter noticed it and and they are all getting taken down now. And they confirmed with Time Magazine, like, is this real? And they're like, no, this is what it was on that date and that year. It was something totally different. And the funniest funniest thing about this is he has been on the cover of Time Magazine Mm -hmm. 14 times. Yep. So when I did a little bit of digging into thinking, like, why the fuck would he do this? And I'm sure he doesn't decorate his hotels. That's what he's going to blame it on. Absolutely. It's someone else who did it. But... Why would anyone do this? Partly because the 13 out of the 14 times that he has been on Time Magazine was since he entered politics. Sure, sure. And almost all of those covers are either kind of a negative uh, or light. Or just not that interesting. Or they're just not, uh, they're not glowing. Right. They're not blowing smoke up his asshole. Right. This cover that loves. was clearly a Photoshop fake-ass cover of Time is blowing smoke up his asshole. Yeah. It's, wow, he sure is great at everything, especially TV. Who knew? It's Double something explanation like that. point. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, it, it just speaks to that, like mm-hmm. how fragile and how fake he is. Absolutely. It is um, amazing. <laughs> another thing that I wanted to bring up real fast because I read it literally as I was walking in the door today to record mm-hmm. is Disney is going to add his purse, his, you know how they have the hall of presidents. Yeah. They're closing it down or they close it down in January and they're adding his wax figure, which is a given, but they're giving him like an extensively long speaking part. Ugh. I just said the news. I'm like, wait, so which I haven't been there in a long time. When's the last time you've been to Disney? You were there recently. Did you uh, go on that ride? I went like last year. Did you go on that ride? I think so. Yeah. Do pretty... all of them have speaking parts? I don't remember. I don't think so because that would be like forty-five <laughs> people. That's a good point. That would be a really Can't long ride. Can they just ride. be like, just say their name, like roll call? Yeah, uh, but they probably do. I don't remember. I really don't remember. Anyways, that much about it. they're updating it and they're giving him his own special little room for it and like all this BS, which I thought was kind of like really Disney. Yikes. But I mean, I also get it. He's the president. Yeah. Meh. Meh. That's depressing. They should. This is supposed to be a funny note. Now I'm depressed. (laughs) (laughs) It's still pretty funny, though. Yeah. All right. Real quick. Mm -hmm. Last thing we got to do. We got a question from one of our faithful listeners on Facebook. We did. Uh, Kyle Ann wants us to play a round of Fuck, Mary Kill with our Harry Potter characters. Fuck, Mary Kill. Now, there's there's a lot of Harry Potter characters. I'm going to assume she means the, the trio. Harry, Hermione, and Ron. You think so? That's what I'm going to assume. But we can play multiple rounds of this maybe later on Facebook if you want to. Uh, So let's just start with our our heroes. 
Harry, Hermione, and Ron. Fuck, Mary, kill. Who wants to go first? I will go first. Okay, go. I will marry Hermione. I will fuck Ron. I will kill Harry Potter. Wow, you're a piece of shit. What? Voldemort would love you. That's true. <laughs> I'm thinking like now. He, like technically he's like 40 now, right? Yeah, probably. Okay, so yeah. what about you? I would, okay, I'm going to. You're going to kill Ron. I'm going to lose some listeners for this. <laughs> uh, I would marry Harry Potter. Ew. I would marry the fuck out of Harry Potter. Ew. I, I would fuck Hermione. We would both fuck Hermione. I and would yeah, marry her. So I'd I would kill life, Ron lovingly. and I probably wouldn't even feel bad about Why? it. Why? Ron has always irritated me. You're crazy. I know. No one's going to like that I said that, but I've always found him. He's, he's petty. He's jealous. But he's real. He's, he's, he's real annoying. Okay. Well, you know what? That's because like, okay, I don't know. I don't want to get too far into it. We're going to have to pick this back up next episode, okay. but you're an asshole. For okay. That answer. Okay. I'll my, take it. I was right. I'll Harry take it. should probably die. Um, we're well, not even, I can't believe you would kill my husband. That's terrible. <laughs> I can't believe you'd fuck my wife. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right Thanks Kylie. for the question, we may delve deeper into this. We can uh, play that like every episode. We could do death eater version. We could do a uh, Quidditch version. Yeah. We could do, um, uh, Bobaton's version. I am There's down for so any game where do. I get tag teams by the Weasley twins. Gross. <laughs> Me too, though. Okay. <laughs> We're not going to share. We'll both just take them at the same time. Wow, that's really stingy. I think we should share. I think it's fair. We don't want to monopolize their time. All right, just whatever. (laughs) All right, bye, everybody. Bye. (laughs) 